Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. Well, technically, I'm very happy to be getting knee surgery today as well. So say a little prayer. It's very easy. It's no big deal. But that's where I am on this Monday. And we have got a great show in store for you. I'm going to be listening right along with you as I recover on my couch. Before we dive into today's conversation, a quick word from one of our amazing partners, BetterHelp. Here's the thing. We take care of our clothes by washing them according to the care instructions. We take care of our cars by taking them to the mechanic and paying them a lot of money to fix one little thing. Okay, that literally just happened to me. So we're just talking about it. But how we take care of our minds affects our daily life lives in big ways. So it's important to invest time in keeping your mind healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, things like getting enough rest and staying rooted in scripture. Another great tool in the tool belt is therapy. You know this, but it's a staple in my rhythms of caring for myself. It is the next thing I go to today. And BetterHelp makes it both affordable and convenient with online therapy. BetterHelp offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours, which is very fast, (laughs) y'all. You can be on the road to better mental health like this week. So our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. That's betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. And today on the show, I get to talk with one of my dear friends, Jordan Lee Dooley. You may remember her from when she joined us before on episode 187. Go back and listen to that one. Or on the That Sounds Fun tour live in Indianapolis back in June of 2021. She is a national bestselling author of Own Your Every Day, and she hosts the She Podcast. She founded the Own It Academy, a digital education company, and Soul Scripts, a words company known for its phrase, your brokenness is welcome here. It's one of my favorite sweatshirts that I own. She is a dreamer and a go-getter, and her newest book, Embrace Your Almost, is so good, y'all, and this is the perfect time of year to read this book. It's about making the most of the middle and pursuing meaningful goals that align with what matters most. Y'all are going to find this conversation so encouraging and inspiring, and don't we all need a little more encouragement and inspiration, especially on a Monday? So here is my conversation with Jordan Lee Dooley. 
Jordan Lee Dooley. Welcome back to That Sounds Fun. I'm so pumped to be here in your new space, too. Oh, I wasn't here last time. No, it's like amazing. the first show you were on, we were in person at the office when yep. I was at church. Yep. Yep. And then you were a live guest on tour. Yes, Those are the last so two times fun. you've been on. Yeah, I haven't been into your new space and no. I haven't been here. So welcome, it's fun welcome. To see. Yes. Okay, so you have your office at home. Let's talk business for a minute because a lot okay. of our friends listening own small businesses. Okay. You and I own small businesses. Mm-hmm. You work out of your house, though. Mostly, yeah. So what's been that decision? Because your staff, you also have multiple mm-hmm. people who work mm-hmm. for you. Y'all just do virtual. Mostly virtual, yeah. I mean, I had an office, I want to say it was. 2018 and 2019 and then in your house no it was like it was a space and I liked it but I just felt like I wasn't going there enough for me (laughs) to justify like this is and and I still had a lot of my people working virtually I only had like a couple local so I kind of got to the point where I was like I either only have to hire people locally to make it like worth my while to like go in and be with people or and so I just found I wasn't using it as much as I thought I would and so I was like well all right, we're just going to keep it simple. And then COVID hit and all the things. And I was like, well, we're just going to do the home thing for now. How do you um, separate home and work? Yeah, I mean, that's it's a challenge. That's what I'm terrible at. And, it, and it, it, it can be a challenge. I I mean, having that's – so when we moved into our new house. Yes, creating a new space that felt like unique from the rest of my house. Yeah. Like I really poured a lot of time and energy and resources into creating a space that felt like an office I wanted to be in. Yeah. So I think that helps a lot just having that designated office space. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, and I try to, you know, give myself the mornings to be honest. Yeah. I used to try to like rush in there and then by 11 I'd be distracted with something. So I actually really? try to like spend my mornings getting my personal and like life and house stuff done so that I go into like work, you know, in air quotes, if you will, I go into my office from like a 11 to 4. Isn't there, there's a, there's some business theory about finding your very best hours. Yeah, yes. so yours is 11. Yeah, it's like right around lunchtime, like I'll work for like an hour or so, take a quick lunch break, and then I'm good for like the rest of the afternoon. And then, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I try so to do that. I do not like starting work in the first thing in the morning. Yeah. I'm not good at it. Like, I, I'm so funny. I was like, I've been sleeping till like 9, 9 30 lately. Yeah. And Matt's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur for a reason. <laughs> like, yeah, I, like I don't teach in. school anymore for a reason. Yeah, I don't have to be there exactly. at seven. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, I like to get up at eight or nine, yeah. do my workout, make my breakfast, do any little house stuff I want to do. And then yeah. I kind of roll into my office around 11, 1130. And it works. If I had a dream scenario, which I'm out laughing out loud saying this, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I actually run the company. So yeah. I can't have a dream yeah. scenario. I would get here at eight mm-hmm. and work until two. Mm. Because I lo- I'm I'm like my strongest best working brain mm. from nine to twelve, and gotcha. then I'm yeah. I I love meetings, and so then meetings in the afternoon, and then I can go work out, have an afternoon. Yep. I mean, I so so how did so you discover like your your f- best hours? I think I, well, so I had always heard that you are like it's best to be proactive in the morning and reactive in the afternoon. Proactive because in the like, morning and reactive, or in the afternoon. or just That's in the first half of when you're working because yeah. your brain is most fresh. Right. But I just kind of found, and I don't dislike working in the morning. I just do better if it's if it's kind of like late morning, early afternoon. Yeah. And I think it's just because I feel like I'm like. I don't feel like I'm rushing. I think that's the thing. Like, I don't feel like I have to get up early, rush, go get. Do you do so lunch meetings? Kind of yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I never do lunch meetings. No. No, I just am like, take me out of my sweet spot for yeah. 90 minutes front to back. No can do Yeah, man. no. I mean, but that's also at the start of my, so like uh-huh. I haven't got too deep into my, so sometimes what I'll do oh, is like the first sense. couple of hours, I'll occasionally take a lunch meeting like if I have to, yeah. but what I like to do if it's like 
the best case scenario. I like to work from like 11 to 1, 11 to 2 on like my creative stuff. Yes. Like working on a book manuscript, working on slides, anything that takes creative energy. Yep. And then I tell my team like from like 2 to 4, 2 to 5, that's when I want to do like interviews or meetings. Yeah. So we try to structure it that way. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but that's like my preference. Yeah, so I'd be like, it's, it's 930 and yeah. I've got you here. So <laughs> I'm thrilled to be sorry. here. Though. This doesn't feel like work. We didn't this get feels like you. fun. <laughs> I feel good. I feel this the same. Great. Yeah. One of the, my favorite things to learn from you and talk with you about is how to run businesses. Because hmm. I think there's a lot of women and we know this through our friend Christy Wright too like yeah. there's so many women who want to run businesses that don't know how yeah. that are doing it out of their house I did it out of my house yeah. for a long time yeah. and that separating that home and life yeah. and work yeah. it, I mean I can't I can't well, do and I it think, I think the other piece of that is it really depends on your personality and like the way that you work. But I think it also depends on your season of life. Yeah. Like we've, we've done a lot of hosting with say families, kids. When I have yeah. kids in my house, like infants, it's really hard to work out of my house, but it's almost like, I don't know how I would leave either. So it can be a right. challenge just in navigating like what works best. And I think what I really had to learn in business is I always kind of followed the like advice of like, this is the best way to do it. Yeah. And I kind of felt like I was like wedging myself into a box and I just finally had to start asking like, what works best for me? Yeah. And how do I thrive? And how am I getting stuff done? Yes. Am I getting stuff done? Okay, great. Like moving forward, you know, and you just kind of have to find like what works best for me in my season of life. What yes. I did three years ago is different from what I'm doing now. Yes. So that's yeah. right. There was a time where working at my dining room table was the most beneficial thing for me to ever do. Yep. Yep. And it was great. So I think about our friends who are surgeons mm. or our friends who are teachers mm -hmm. or who work at a restaurant and yep. they're like, I wish I got to pick my best yeah. hours, but yeah. the school is open from seven to three. Yeah. Yeah. So within that, if, if for our friends that have jobs mm -hmm. that are not entrepreneur driven, mm -hmm. that are just you go to work mm -hmm. driven, mm -hmm. how would you suggest they find their sweetest spots in that? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I think really there's when it comes to like if your hours are what your hours are, you really don't have much say over that. But I also think you can try to be creative about how you like, for example, even in a job in a lot of jobs, there's certain types of work that you're doing. Yeah. So find like what is easy. Am I better at just getting my administrative work out of the day, out of the way in the morning? Yes. Let me just like knock out yes. all of that. And then I can be more relational in the afternoon and maybe work on presentations or take more meetings or vice versa. Smart. I really like doing meetings in the morning. Yes. So I think you can still, in some ways, I mean, it depends on what your role is, but I think just trying to figure out, or maybe if you're a teacher saying, what's my favorite topic to teach? Yeah. Or what's my favorite subject? Could I do that early in the day so I have the most energy for it? Or the thing that I hate the most, maybe I should do early in the day so yeah. I have the most <laughs> energy done. for it. But I think you can kind of, within the like boundaries that yep. you have, just kind of find like what works best for me so that I can still produce the results that yeah. I've been hired to produce, yeah. but maybe do it in a way that feels a little bit more manageable for me too. When I taught elementary school, what triggered me even thinking about this is you saying, figure out what works best for mm -hmm. you. When I taught elementary school, Friday, I would stay at work so late hmm. because I would get everything ready for the next week. And mm -hmm. it gave me my best weekend yeah. because yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm at, I'm at school at work until six or 630 on a mm -hmm. Friday. Okay. Yeah. Then I go to dinner with my friends, but everything is ready so that I'm not thinking about yes. it Sunday night. And that's the other thing, like the Sunday scaries. Oh, the Sunday like, scaries. <laughs> do they still happen into... for you even though you own your own company? They Ooh, do for me. Um, Not not really not as, as much. much. A little occasionally. Yeah. It depends on the season. Like yeah. if I'm leaning, leaning into a book launch or something, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think that that's another big thing is if you feel like, you know, and we've really tried to implement a rhythm and we need to get back into it. But there's been times, especially in really busy seasons where we've tried to implement like a 24-hour break from social media yes, and phones. I do it. And that is mostly like, you know, we turn them off on Saturday 
Saturday nights and that goes mostly yeah. through Sunday. And so I don't want to feel that like, oh gosh, I got to get back on my phone and do stuff, yeah, you know? Yeah. So trying to prep like Thursday night, Friday night for that, I think can also be huge, even if it takes yeah. a little bit of sacrifice yeah. on those days. It's Sunday morning. I met a couple at church and they, we were exchanging contact mm-hmm. and the husband said, oh, we don't bring our phones in to church. We don't have any way to take. And I was like, that's you smart. don't bring your phone yeah, to like, church. Are you? <laughs> I was like, that is the smartest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. You just, yeah, yeah. because y'all are together yep. and you're inside for an, an hour. hour. Yeah. <laughs> wow, brilliant. I was like, man, the, the rules people have around their phones for their own, but for you and I, our work is so based yeah. on our phones that we have to take. Well, and that's like the other, that. I was actually, I'm, I'm here in Nashville to speak at a business conference. Yes. And one of the things I mentioned was in, in my talk yesterday was just like how the running joke kind of in the entrepreneur community is leave your nine to five to work 24 seven. Yes. So even going back to what you were saying about like, well, what if you have all these like strict hours you have to work and everything else while there is flexibility in the entrepreneur community with a job job, a lot of times you can kind of like clock out Yeah. versus like as an entrepreneur, you may have like, oh, I work 11 to two, but like your brain's constantly thinking about <laughs> right. it. You don't clock out. Somebody's still pinging you at 9 p.m. And you've got to really try to draw those boundaries. But there's kind of like it it comes with its own set of challenges, you know, so I don't know that one's easier than the other. But it's just interesting how like we end up kind of always being tuned in, even if we're sitting at our desk and working for these five hours or whatever. My dad's a CPA and he's owned his own business for my whole life. Okay, And he called me this morning as Mm -hmm. I was getting ready and was asking about some stuff I'm worried about with Mm -hmm. work. And and I was like, yeah, it was hard for me to fall asleep. And he said, well, you shouldn't worry about this. And he goes, but... I couldn't fall asleep last night either. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is just the life of an entrepreneur yeah. sometimes. Yeah. We we yeah. can we trust God. You and I trust totally. God with these companies we run, but mm-hmm. also Yeah. We, also there's very real things that you have to like handle in the moment or, you know, problems you have to flat fires yes. you have to put out, problems you have to face, yes. challenges you have to, you know, deal with and it's just kind of the nature of it. But yes, we just live with it. Yeah, and it okay. and it's on you. you so know? you're running a business and you mm-hmm. also just put out embrace your almost. Yeah. So you all, you and I are somewhere in that while we're running businesses, we're writing books. Yep. How did Embrace Your Almost become your next book? Why was that right after Own Your Everyday? Yeah, well, it's so interesting how God works because my my first book, Own Your Everyday, toward the end, I started talking about like when you're not where you want to be, not where, yeah. when you're not where you thought you would be. Yeah. Very briefly, but there's like a little declaration at the end of Own Your Everyday of like, I may not be where, I'm, where I thought I'd be, but I am where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And like kind of just believing that. And I, that was like before I knew anything about yeah. not being where you thought you would yeah. be. I thought I knew something back then. Right. Um, but it was just interesting how like that just happened to be worked in toward the end of the book. This book wasn't planned. It wasn't planned to be like, they're not like a series. Right. But it was almost like this natural follow up that kind of happened. Um, It originally had a slightly different approach. We were going to the core message kind of is still similar in that a large part of this book is about really taking a step back and reconsidering, like, what is actually right for me? How do I define success in a world that's constantly saying I should want it all? And so originally we were going to kind of go with the title of like own your ambition or something like yeah. that. Sounded a little too series-ish for my publisher. So yeah. we kind of were trying to figure out what's the next best title. Yeah. But then what was interesting is then That's as good I for was, people to hear that we all take titles into meetings and like, here's my dream book. Yeah. And the titles, none yeah. of my books are named what I thought they'd be named yeah. when we started, except that sounds fun. Yeah, that's so correct. Yeah. We have to hold titles so loosely. loosely yes. Truly. And they were right. I mean, there's, I, you know, they had a good point of sounding like thinking it might sound too businessy. Yeah. And I was like, that yeah. wasn't really the intent. And it wasn't even about being like a boss babe yeah but I could see how that could come across you know from the outside looking in so anyway point being just as the book was being written I was it was also as like COVID was hitting and it was as I was going through personal setbacks and crises in my life that were just kind of throwing off all my plans because right as I was as I signed the contract for this book everything was going according to plan in my life every checkbox had been checked off I thought like this is easy like and I think I got because I had a lot of I want to say like kind of early success in my life which I'm thankful for it kind of I think trained me to think if you just do all the right things everything will work out and then all of a sudden 
out of nowhere, it was like I got hit with seven different curveballs and I was doing wow. all the right things and things were going wrong. Yes. Really bad, really wrong. And so as I was writing this book, it really kind of morphed into this message of unmet expectations, yeah. but also how disappointment, unmet expectations and setbacks can really become an opportunity. They feel like the world's biggest obstacle, right. but they can also be an opportunity to get clear on yeah. what do I actually value? Where am I going? Why am I going there? And also really learn to like sit with contentment. What does contentment really look like, especially as Christians? Because mm. I think there's a lot of like false, not false, but like half truths around it or like we yeah. have this idea of what it is and we think, well, I'm not good at that. You know, yes. if I'm not sitting here feeling happy all the time, I must not be content. Yes. So it was kind of this, it was the story of my own like wrestling through how do you deal with unmet expectations? How do you deal with everything was working out and then it went sideways or yeah. I thought I'd be here, but instead I'm still here. What what just happened, you know? And so that was kind of what I walked through. And then also I think what the world walked through a lot yes. with canceled weddings and, you know, job losses and everything that we experienced. So it just kind of all came together in this way, but it wasn't what I set out to write originally, which right. is kind of crazy. I mean, the faith part, I like how you write about it in the book, but the faith part is what can really mess with people of mm -hmm. like, wait, I'm praying mm -hmm. and I'm talking to God and I'm obeying as best I can. Yeah. And this is not going yeah. the way. I actually feel like I'm being punished. <laughs> yes. What do you do with that reality? Because that's reality. That's yeah. not like something you're making up. That's not one of those where you're like, put the lie down and pick up the truth. Yeah. Like, no, I, the truth is the yeah. bank account is empty. Right. The truth is we just broke up. The right. truth is I'm not pregnant. The truth yep. is my business is failing. Yep. How do we hold both of those things? That's hard for me. Yeah, you know, I really wrestled with like, you know, and I think there's a lot of cliche advice out there of like, love your life, build a life you love. And you're like, what if life's really hard and yes. hard to love right yes. now? And it's not that you don't have good things happening in your life, but there's a lot of things that feel really, or even just one big thing that feels outstanding. And I don't mean outstanding as awesome. I mean, like pending, like not <laughs> pending, happening. Yes. <laughs> like, An outstanding and, payment. Yeah, yes. literally. And, and I think that's, you know, the whole like, you know, I think there's a lot of cliche advice around that. And especially in the church, we're just told, like, be content. Yeah. And I think we think that means, like, sit around, sing kumbaya, and be like, I love my life, right? Yeah. And I think what I really had to learn through various different types of setbacks, both personally, professionally, globally, like, all the different things, I started to lead into this concept of what does it mean to like your life? Wow. And it Versus was- Versus love. Right. <gasps> That's interesting. Like, for example, like, Jordan. I love my husband, but some days I don't like him, you know, yeah. or whatever, like, and vice versa. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the challenge of, like, how can you lean into the things that you- like, how can you lean into making a lovely existence right where you are? And what I've learned is that doesn't mean you quit longing for whatever feels out of reach. Yes. It doesn't mean you just go, oh, well, God is good. And so therefore, I don't care for that anymore. You know, right. like, that's just such a like right. fake response. I think it's more learning to hold both disappointment and possibility in the same hand. And so right. in the beginning of the book, I tell this story of this first garden I started, which was a royal failure in terms of the harvest. <laughs> I got four kale leaves that summer. Oh, my gosh. Not a like, not four plants, leaves. <laughs> four four leaves. leaves. Like, I could barely oh, make dying. a salad out of oh, that. Oh, that's so funny. And so, anyway, make we get this, like, barely any fruit from this, from right. this garden. And it was interesting because as I looked at that garden, I remember thinking – this kind of is a failure, but at the same wow. time, like what I learned about gardening, what I learned about myself, what I learned with slowing down, like that actually was a lot of growth. Yeah. So in terms of the physical harvest, that felt like a failure, but in terms of how I grew, that's actually a success. And I could look at, so my point is I kind of realized I can look at these four kale leaves as a failure yep. and a reminder that I didn't really get what I wanted, or I can look at it as a reminder of what's possible. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where you hold both disappointment and possibility in the same hand like hey just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't but so far my experience has shown me it doesn't really work out and so yeah. I can like wrestle with both of those yeah. feelings and so yeah I just think I think it's like the challenge is ultimately what can I do in this season even if the business isn't going how I thought even if I haven't met the person I thought I would meet by now even if xyz isn't working out 
that doesn't mean I stop longing for that. It doesn't mean I don't have a day where it really sucks. It doesn't yeah. mean I don't really struggle with it. It just means, but in the meantime, like, how can I move? Yeah. And how can I make the most of the middle? How can I move? What yeah. a great question. In the meantime, how can I move? Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, Awana's Talk About Resource. You're probably familiar with Awana. They're an amazing organization that facilitates child discipleship in churches everywhere. Well, their Talk About Family Devotional Resources brings things home. Talk About helps you lead your kids through the gospel, prayer, worry, forgiveness, and more with the truth of God's Word. In today's culture, peers and influencers are competing for your child's attention. And that's one of the reasons we created the mini BFF book club and the mini BFF podcast is we want to be on the team with you of raising your kids and helping hold their attention on gospel stuff. And that is what Talk About does too. Talk About helps you prioritize the gospel's influence through daily faith conversations at home, in the car, or wherever you're spending time with your kids on the sidelines of sporting games. I know all y'all are out there right now. I know, I know. I'm there too. Talk About is delivered digitally to your inbox each week and includes an easy-to-use conversation guide to share scripture with your family, weekly hands-on activities to apply God's Word to everyday life with your kids all week long, and bonus materials including coloring pages and memory verses and parent prep videos, playlists, and more. Y'all, there's so much good stuff. Talk About is so helpful for those moments when you want to intentionally turn the conversation spiritual, but maybe feel a little overwhelmed about where to start. You can help your kids belong to, believe in, and become lifelong resilient Disciples of Christ today with Talk About. So try one month free with the promo code TSF on talkaboutdiscipleship.com. Again, the promo code is TSF, like that sounds fun, on talkaboutdiscipleship.com. And I've got one more amazing partner to tell you about, Butcher Box. You guys, I'm so happy about this. Box of Meats. Y'all know your girl Annie can be a little bougie at times. So usually when I think of high quality meals, it's in the context of a for special occasions only restaurant situation. But with ButcherBox, I can make it a special occasion in my own kitchen any night of the week. ButcherBox takes every bit of the guesswork out of finding high quality meat and seafood that you can trust. Their selection includes 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate free, and wild caught seafood. Yum, y'all. It's all humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. So you get to choose from a variety of box plan options from curated to customized and change your plan whenever you want. Get what you want delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping for the continental U.S. and no surprise fees. Those are the kind of surprises we like, right? ButcherBox has exclusive member deals so you can save big on your favorite cuts. Some that can be hard to come by at the grocery store and they'll send you recipe inspirations, which I appreciate, guides, tips, and hacks. Some are even personalized so you can cook up mouth-watering meals. Okay, there's something so nostalgic to me about a good beef roast in the crock pot. So you better believe I was excited to get a check roast in my box. Tossed in with some carrots and onion and potatoes and y'all unbelievable. And the leftovers fed me for some days. ButcherBox has basically revolutionized my grocery list. And it will for you too. In fact, you can take chicken breast off your grocery list. ButcherBox is offering our friends an incredible deal that they've literally never offered before. You guys, they've never offered this before. Free chicken for a year. Free chicken for a year. Get two pounds of free-range organic chicken breast for free in every order when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash TSF and use the code TSF. Claim this deal. 
free chicken for a year. My gracious. It's at butcherbox.com slash TSF and use the code TSF. And now back to our conversation with Jordan. We send out an email on Fridays to our AFD Week in Review friends, and we tell them who's coming on the show the Mm, next week. And Robin's question is, along these lines, especially after a tragedy, Mm. how do you refrain from Mm. living in fear? Like, how do you not live once bitten, twice shy kind of Mm -hmm. life? Honestly, that's a really good question. And I think for a little bit, you do. You do. You have to, right? Like, Like, that's human. Like, I don't think there's this, like, uh darn (laughs) like like I think you do terrible can't wait to try again yeah exactly like I think and I mean even in my own life especially when things have gone really really wrong and and have been tragic there was times where I was like I need a break yeah and I think it's okay to say like maybe I need to take a step back and to really work through like processing yes and I think a lot of times we want to jump right back on the wagon of like oh that didn't work out let me go for it again or we completely avoid it forever yeah and I think there's a there's a sweet spot in the middle where it's like you can actually say, maybe I just need to take a step back. And another really good piece of advice that I was given that I love to pass on, and I wrote about this in the book, especially after like loss or hardship or heartbreak yeah. or something like that. Sometimes it feels like, how do I even forget like even trying again to whatever that dream was? How do I even get back to life? Like right. it, when something sets you back so far and feels like a gut punch, it's like, what do I do with that? And yes. I was struggling with how do I get back to life as like, how do you go back to business as usual when it's yeah, not business as yeah, usual? You've just been yeah. totally, you know, blindsided or whatever. And my mom gave me really good advice, actually. She said, what if, because I was really like, just like totally discouraged. And I was like, yeah. I need a break. I'm, I'm freaking out. Like, I don't yeah. even know what to do. And she's like, what if you just try to do one normal thing a day? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> What do you mean huh. one normal thing a day? She's like, make a list for like the next seven days of just like one normal thing you're going to try to make sure you accomplish. And even if the rest of the day just kind of feels like a wash or you're kind of in a blur, have one thing that just feels like a step forward. And so I just started writing things down. I'm going to go to dinner with friends tomorrow. I'm going to go on a, you know, jog the next day. I'm going to, I don't remember all the different things. One normal thing a day. So that can be really helpful. That's really helpful. Just when you're trying to recover from a blow in life. Yep. But another way, if if you've experienced fear, maybe because you've just experienced failure in an area or something that felt like a failure, another way that you can think about that is like one step a day. So the example I give in the book is, let's say you want to start a bakery, but in the past you tried to start a bakery and it royally failed and it was really like heartbreaking for you. And it's always been a dream of yours, but you're like... I just I don't know if I can like go through that heartbreak again. Yeah. What if it doesn't work again? So instead, maybe taking like a wall, one small step approach. And and what I mean by that is, maybe don't open a bakery right now. Maybe you plan out the next like ten to fifteen days, and or and you don't have to do them all back to back to back. But it's like okay, in in day one, maybe I'm going to try out a few recipes. Mm. Day two, you know. It may not be consecutive, but the next day that I work on this, I'm going to have some friends and family sample those and give me feedback. The next day that I'm going to work on this, day three, I'm going to, you know, try to perfect those things. Day four, I'm actually going to go to some local bakeries or local coffee shops and see if I can place them in local cafes. Rather than like taking on the stress and the capital and the burden and all of that of like, I'm going to open a bakery, actually test out your idea with really small steps. So I guess my point is you can take the one step a day approach. If you feel like you've put a dream on the back burner because it's yeah. burned you before or you're afraid of failure. And on the flip side, you can take the one nor- one normal thing a day approach if you've been really knocked down in your life and you're just like, how do I even get back to life? Like, how do I go forward? Yes. Sometimes just not throwing yourself back into business as usual, but saying like, OK, what's one normal thing I can do? And what I found was when I started doing one normal thing a day in kind of my season of like 
tragedy and setbacks and and suffering. Within four or five days, I was like kind of more motivated. I was like, oh, and I can also throw a load of laundry in and I'm also going to go, you know, finish this work project. And I was starting to find that like once I kind of slowly allowed myself to get back in the groove of things, doesn't mean that you're ready to like throw yourself back in at like trying whatever went wrong, but it just helps you kind of move forward and keep yeah. going with a little bit less of that anxiety. Yeah. A couple of the questions we got in were around that, especially about like singleness and not being mm. married yet and dating of like, how do you embrace yeah. your almost in dating? Now you and Matt, who I adore, have been married forever. <laughs> Five years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but y'all are 27. Seven. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm going, oh yeah, like what does it look like for us to embrace our almost mm-hmm. in before we get married? Yeah. Or before you get to really any season you yes. want to be in. Yes. So a big thing that I learned, and, and so one of my big like almost was like I almost became a mom multiple times. Yeah. And so in a similar way, it's like a relational thing where it's like I thought I'd have yes. a family by now yes. and I don't. And you might think I thought I'd be married by now. So yes. different situations, same kind of underlying it, feeling. Yeah. That's what we talked and, about before. Like anybody yeah. who knows how to want knows what totally. it's like to want. Like yeah. it, yep. it's a different thing, but we all want. Yep. Yes. So anyways, all of that said, I remember that when I, especially after my second loss, I was feeling like. I wanted to busy myself. Yeah. Like I wanted to just like distract myself, move forward, you know, try to like almost not have to think about things. Yeah. And I reached out to a friend who had actually walked through something very similar. And she gave me, I said, you know, did you ever just feel like you wanted to like fill your schedule and get really busy? She's like, and I just said, I want to feel this like emptiness. You know, yeah. and a lot of times we can feel this way after a breakup or after a relationship didn't quite work out. Yeah. And um, she said, yeah, but you don't have to fill it, though. She goes, I really believe this is going to be your or this is your boot camp to learning to be more still and present, which is something you will need in the next season when it finally comes. Wow. And I was like, OK, okay you know, prophetic. <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> I was like, but it was so empowering to me because my no- my normal reaction is just like fill your stuff your time with and I would have filled it with work like I would have just filled it with work and I think we can do that and it's like we can fill it but with really intentional things and so I started to look at this kind of as like a boot camp season is where and so I really in the book even encourage you to think about like okay maybe you're in your own boot camp season maybe you just went through a breakup maybe this like valley to waiting for the person or waiting for the next season has taken a lot longer than you thought and so there was like five or six key things that I did during my break or during my boot camp season one of which was learning new things yeah, and just getting really curious. Yes. And so one of the things I did is I asked my dad to teach me to play poker. Oh my gosh. Which is so <laughs> random, but I just was like, I think that'd be fun. And yeah. so I asked him to teach me, he took me to like a random casino, taught me on the video machine so I could oh learn all gosh. the hands. And I won a hundred bucks and I was like, this is great. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you know what? Who needs kids? I'll just gamble. Like, I love Jesus, fine. but I'm at the casino. Right. It's fine <laughs> with my dad. Um, but I learned how to do it. I, I thought that was it. fun. Um, and then I also learned more about gardening. You yeah. know, I learned more about how tomatoes grow. Yeah, I learned a smart thing, Jordan. Like, and like learn something new yeah. while you've got the time. It makes you and so a big thing we talk about I think is like when we're preparing for the next season. Yeah. And what I'm telling you is don't go read marriage books like yes. because we don't know what the next season's going to look like, but you are preparing by doing things that make you a more interesting and well-rounded person, yes. right? Yes. So anyways, like learning new things was big for me. Just I learned more about like women's health because I was yeah. curious about that. I learned more about Oh my gardening. gosh, you've learned a ton. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. So, I feel like you're a doctor. Well, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Sometimes you post things I'm like, "Oh, she's like learned everything." I feel like I'm nerded out. Yeah, I look back. I'm like, why did we ever need to learn what a parallelogram was? We should learn what an endocrine system was. <laughs> like, right. what is That's going right. on? We That's need exactly to reframe right. school. <laughs> anyway, so all that said, learning new things is a great thing you can be doing yeah. in the season to make you more well-rounded, to fill your time with something meaningful that's going to be really intentional and keep you slow and present. Still. Yeah. Not just like, let yeah. me hustle to the next work thing or the yeah. next accomplishment. Yep. So that's huge. 
Um, another thing that we tried to do is I, I tried to find more hobbies because yeah. I'm I tend to turn like anything I like doing into work or just don't have hobbies because we always claim like I don't have time. Yeah. So anyways, if, I, I do everyone. She did quotes. I don't have time. Yeah, I've actually true. stopped saying that. I've stopped yeah. saying I don't. I've, mm. I I catch myself and I say I didn't choose to use my time mm. because I'm like, we all have the same 24 hours. Yeah, it's yes. true. Yeah. Well, and I so I just started getting into I started reading more. Yeah, I, I write a lot, but I wasn't reading much. And yeah. so I just started finding like I started reading nonfiction books again for the first or fiction books for the first time in a while. Yeah. Um, I started gardening. You know, I just started trying to pick up. I started doing like some more decor stuff around my house and DIY projects. I really found, especially if you're kind of a like busy type person, yeah. busy body, you appreciate like something being productive. Yep. Finding hobbies that actually give you like fruit to enjoy from your labor, yes, yes. not just like I'm doing something to then go put it in a box. Like if you don't think you're going to display your painting, maybe don't paint as a right. hobby. Maybe garden so you can actually like see the fruit of that, or I maybe do. It. Yeah, I love that. I make a something. Yes, every, I feel mean, like you're making something. Yes, yes. You know that you can either gift or use yep. or enjoy in your house or eat or whatever. So yep. a hobby that produces some sort of fruit or outcome that feels yeah, meaningful that's to you really smart is huge. Yep. Yes. Learning something new, serving. Um, I had a friend that really in her single season, so she was single most of my marriage. She just got married about a year ago. And I remember a couple years ago, she was really struggling with loneliness. And she shared with me, she's like, I started volunteering in a nursing home. And I remember thinking, you did? Like, that's cool, but like, why? Yeah. She's like, I just feel like I'm really struggling with loneliness. And so I wanted to go serve those who are probably struggling with loneliness even more. Oh, my god. And I was like, I wish I was that good of a person. So touched by that though. Yes. I remember just thinking, like, wow, that's really like intentional. Like yes. and it was she said it was very like healing for her and yeah. life giving it. And it kind of gave her perspective on like, right. okay, I do have community and I do have companionship. And that doesn't mean I quit longing for whatever feels out of reach. Yep. But I also still really can like lean into I can make I can step into other people's loneliness yes. and serve. So that was really um impactful for me and so then after we went through our losses and a little bit of time passed and we kind of I was like I need a break my brain and my heart need a break but in that time of like my boot camp I was really thinking about like I I feel like we need to serve because sometimes when we are so focused on what's gone wrong in our life we get really stuck in our head and it's not that that's wrong like we've gone through hard things but it really helps to kind of get outside our world and serve someone else's world so we started serving families in crisis and taking care of kids in our home and that felt like really backwards and i remember when we first got asked like do you want to host a newborn i was yeah. like not really yeah. but also i felt like it was almost like i think i need to get because i had a lot of anger toward mm-hmm. newborns like as if newborns did something wrong yes. to me so it was like this it was i remember when we said yes to the first newborn and first baby i remember it was like god like there was like i had done a lot of healing work at that point it had been like a year later but there was like this corner of my heart that was still really hard yeah, and just bitter and like, what the heck, you know? And it was almost like he took his finger and like touched that part of my heart and softened it just through serving. Wow. And it's not like I did anything that spectacular. Yeah. I just kind of felt like kind of uh, compelled to say yes. And it was yeah. something that we had wanted to do earlier in our marriage. So it yes. just kept coming back up and I was fine. I was like, okay, fine. I hear you. Yeah. And I had remembered what my friend told me about serving in her season of loneliness. Yes. And I, it What's just it kind of all like came together. kids in the house a lot? You know, at first it was like, oh, I think we were a little nervous about it, but we've had some really great experiences. We've had some harder experiences yeah. too. And what I like about Safe Families is a lot of times the stays are a little bit shorter than foster care. Yeah. So we'll have kids for like four or five days sometimes. We've had them for just, four or five weeks. Safe but... Families like where, explain to me how you have a kid for four or five days. Is so, it between 
foster homes or sometimes. So okay. safe families is kind of like a respite type care. Got it. So, but a lot of times they're providing temporary reprieve to families in crisis. So maybe a mom is suddenly homeless because she, you know, lost her apartment. So now she's got a kid or two kids, and she doesn't want to lose her kids. But she's she got to figure out a break how to get back on her get, feet, yes. find a job, find a home. So got sometimes it. you might have them for a month, you might have them for a couple weeks, or sometimes there's a medical crisis in the family, or a mom's having a mental health breakdown and needs to like get taken care got of. It. So it's them trying to be proactive. So ba- the ba- biggest difference between foster care and safe families is with foster care, children are legally removed from the home and the courts place them in more long-term usually settings versus with safe families. It's like they're kind of on the brink of probably having, maybe having to be removed, but parents are trying to be proactive to to just get the help they need. Parents need some help. Yeah. So parents will typically reach out to safe families and they'll say, hey, I need a hosting for two weeks while I go to orientation for my job because I don't have childcare or because I need to go into the hospital and get treated for X, Y, or Z or because my younger kid is sick or whatever. So it's just coming alongside a lot of times like single mothers or or families who just don't have the resources or the community around them that a lot of us would have to say, hey, mom, can you come watch the kids for a little bit? I got to go to an interview. They don't have anybody like that. So that's where the downfall and kind of where it can suddenly spiral into something really unsafe. Yeah. But that wasn't their original intent. So it's kind of stepping in and standing in the gap for those families. And I felt like that was something we could do because it didn't feel like we were committing to raising a child for two years and then giving them back. But at the same time, we were able to step in. And a lot of times it's preventative. when Man, and it fits your schedule. We all can go, yeah, Yeah. we're here this week. So if someone needs help this week, that's great. But I'm traveling to Nashville for four days. I had a kid last week for, we had a one-year-old for five days, I want to say. And, you know, it was just a quick hosting, but it got the, it met met the need and then we were able to come here. So it, it works with what we do but it also allows us to serve people in our community and it's been really life-giving in many ways it's challenging in others but just serving sometimes like and it doesn't have to be in the area of your pain I'm not suggesting that everyone should do that I'm just saying like finding a way to use your hands and like get in the presence of people and making a difference that you can tangibly feel and they make a difference in your life too it just like I don't know. It just brings a little bit of life to a season where you feel like, you know, so serving, learning something new, finding a hobby that produces fruit. And I think there's another one and I'm losing my train of thought on it. What is it? Oh, really taking care of yourself too. Yeah. Do I need to flip through my chapters? (laughs) Another thing I did in my bootcamp season was really focusing on like, how can I take care of my health more? Because I think that's something that can go by the wayside when we're busy, when we're distracted with a million different relationships and obligations and things like that. So it just kind of became a season to mother myself. And I think that's a really odd way to say it in some ways but I think about we sometimes and I'm not saying like you should get pedicures every other day but I think thinking of if you're in a season of like waiting or in a season of unmet expectations or going through after a breakup using this as a boot camp to be like how can I really not only develop myself and learn new things and grow but also like what needs tending in my life maybe it's really developing and working on my marriage or Or, you know, if if it's not a single season for you, but if it's a single season for you, maybe like maybe it's really pouring into my health. Maybe I need to get to the bottom of what is this like chronic pain I've had for so long or what is this, you know, acne I've struggled with? Like that was a big thing for me. And still it's an ongoing process, but just the like intentionality of saying, how can I tend to the garden of my life and what needs tending in for you? It may be a broken relationship with someone in your family. It might be a health thing for you, but actually really tending to those things that maybe you've kind of just let go because you're so focused on the plant that you want to grow. Yeah. That it's like, there's some weeds over here. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I love that you didn't lead with change your body. Mm. Or change something like maybe you need to go to the gym. You're not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. You're saying is something hurting in your body? Yeah, fix it. Yeah, is there something you've always had questions about in a pedicure? Like, mm-hmm. are there ways you can care for yourself? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of times that it's that like 
revenge body mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. of whether no matter what you didn't get. Yeah. You're like, well, I can be hotter. Yeah. yeah and totally. so take that world. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, to what end? Yeah. To what end? Yeah. Like what's right. What Your motivation is not going to let you keep the thing you think you're about to get. And right. you're not going to get what you really want. Right. Yeah. Right. I really think it comes down to like, that's why I say like it's in the book. We, I use a lot of garden metaphors and stuff yeah. because I really, I really had to learn, especially as an achiever and like a business owner and a yep. go-getter, like life is really more like a garden to 10 than a game to win. Yes. And and we treat it like a game to win. So even what you were saying of like, well, I'm going to be hotter or I'm going to lose 20 pounds or whatever. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Fine. But, but like, is that really what needs tending? Or maybe yeah. you even need to nourish yourself and try to heal from the inside out. Something yes. that maybe, you know, we live in a world full of stress and toxins and yeah. things that can just weigh on our bodies, not because we're doing anything wrong, just yes. because we like live in a broken world. And just the awareness of, have I maybe been through a really hard season and that's yeah. taken a toll on me physically and emotionally? Like, how can I tend to that? Maybe it's going to therapy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but just all of these investments into really growing and developing and becoming a more well-rounded, deeper-rooted, yeah. godly woman, like that will prepare you for the next season inevitably. Doesn't mean you need to be taking marriage courses. Doesn't right. mean you need to be reading parenting books. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's going to make you a better mom or a better wife or a better friend. And and it's not fun in the moment, but really looking at like this as a boot camp. And maybe yeah. your boot camp's longer than you'd like it to be, but God knows how long you need to be prepared. Right. You know? Right. And just like trying to trust that can be hard, but I think it's also really life-giving and it gives some purpose to a time that feels kind of pointless. Hey friends, just interrupting one more time to tell you about another amazing partner, the new movie from the Kendrick Brothers and Kurt Cameron called Life Mark. It's opening in theaters everywhere on September 9th, so coming up here in the next couple weeks, I got to watch it a little early and really enjoyed it. And Life Mark, the main character, is named David. He's an 18-year-old living a pretty typical high school life, sports, friends, school. And David's comfortable world gets turned upside down when his birth mother unexpectedly reaches out to him in hopes of meeting him for the first time since the day he was born. It's a beautiful adoption story. And with the encouragement of his adoptive parents, David goes on a life-altering journey to make sense of the stories from his past. The movie asks the question, how many lives can one decision and one choice impact? I bet you can guess the answer. Inspired by a really sweet, true story, Lifemark celebrates adoption, reconciliation, and love. If you're looking for a movie that is hopeful and explores so many relational dynamics in really interesting ways, make your plans to see Lifemark. Now, I will say that if you have kids on the younger side of my mini BFFs, I'd recommend parents watching this one first to be sure you're ready to have the conversations it might provoke. Since it's Based on a true story and involves the really complex decisions people make around adoption, I just wanted you to get a quick heads up about that. So go see LifeMark in theaters nationwide beginning September 9th. You can learn more about LifeMark and get your tickets today at LifeMarkMovie.com. That's LifeMarkMovie.com. And I got one last incredible partner to share with you. It's our ginger essential oils, y'all. I love using natural products whenever I can. You know this about me. Let's keep any harmful chemicals off our bodies and out of the air, right? And that's why I've been loving ginger. That's ginger with two J's, essential oil. Ginger is a high quality, 100% natural essential oil made from the ginger root. It's free of micro impurities and it comes pre-mixed with carrier oil. So it's safe to use directly on your skin. Their awesome rejuvenating self-care kit has everything you need for a little attention to your own well-being, even in the middle of your busiest days. I love having it in the diffuser in the podcast studio. It smells so good and keeps my brain energized and focused. Plus, since it's a compact bottle, it's so easy to take on the go and the little dropper in the lid helps me not to make a mess. Bless. 
I would never. Well, you know I would. Trust me, I know you'll love ginger essential oil as much as I do. And this month only, they're having a summer sale blowout. Plus, my friends get an extra 20% off your purchases. But to get this limited time offer, you have to visit my special URL, ginger.us slash that sounds fun. That's J-I-N-J-E-R dot U-S slash that sounds fun. Don't miss out on the summer sale blowout. Plus, get an extra 20% off. Go to ginger with two J's dot U-S slash that sounds fun. And don't forget, we've gathered up all the links to these partners, to the transcript of this episode, to a spot where you can rate or review the show and where you can sign up for the AFD Weekend Review. They're all in the treasure trove of the show notes below. So be sure you take a look. And now back to finish up our conversation with Jordan Lee Dooley. In the book, you talk about changing our question from why me to why not me. Yeah. Will you talk about that for a minute? Because I think that is our whole lives we're going to have almost. This isn't like something we get over one day. Right, right. No, it's true. And I I even talk about like, you know, sometimes we look at other people who seem to have it all. Yeah. And it's like, here's the thing. That's probably just a good season. That's not going to last long. (laughs) And like, you also don't know the whole picture. You don't know the whole story ever, ever, ever. Yes. But anyway, yeah. So this whole question of why me, I think is a really natural question to ask when we feel like life has not gone our way in one way or another, in one area or another. Yeah. And I remember I was really asking that and wrestling with that in different different seasons. And I I happened to be reading this book it's called a grace disguise and it was a grief on it was a book on grief specifically and the guy had just it was tragic i mean the author had lost like his wife his mom and his daughter all in the same day in like a tragic car accident i mean it was like i'm like oh my gosh but anyway it was interesting because in one of so i had a conversation with a friend and i was telling her how i was just wrestling with why me this is like so unfair i don't understand and she was kind of like, I totally get that. Very empathetic. You know, yeah. she's like, but also like part of me is like, why not you? Like, you're so articulate. You're able to like communicate feelings. Other people that have walked through things like this have had. And it, she was like, I just really believe this isn't pointless. And yes. she was being a very encouraging. I remember it was a couple months like after some of the intensity of my grief. And so I think if she had said that earlier, I'd have been like, you should leave now. Yeah. But because <laughs> I had processed enough, I was able yeah. to like digest yeah. that. Um, but what was interesting is shortly after she left, I, I went back to the book I was reading before yeah. bed. And the chapter was literally like about that. Yeah. And he he basically said, you know, I once like talked to a man who basically started asking the, the reverse question of, well, why not me? And then yeah. he said, like, it wasn't a he wasn't a fatalistic person. He wasn't asking that because it was a fatalistic question. He was like kind yeah. of taking giving perspective of like, am I better than maybe a poor ba- baby born to someone on the other side of the world? Like, right. did I get to choose all the good things in my life? Like, basically, he was trying to say, like, yes. up until this point in my life, so much had been good. Like, I could also ask, why was it so good for me when in someone else's childhood it was so hard for them? That's it. And he kind of was like, you know, and the quote in there is a lot more articulate than what I'm saying. But his whole idea around it was like, you know, so often it's almost like when we ask that question, it's subtly with the undertone of like, I deserve. I deserve everything to work out just how how it should. And that's what God and I wrestle when that comes up to why not me. What that what actually I'm asking is, why do I assume I deserve? Yeah. Something. I want to find that quote. Can you toss yeah. me the book? Let me see if I can Have find your it. Your own copy it was of your so, book. It was so fascinating because I just remember your nails match your book beautifully. I, by the way, yeah, that was very. I heard that was very Annie Downs of me. I didn't know that you did that, and then someone DM'd me, and they're like, "This looks like an Annie Downs thing." I was like, "Wait, what? Are we like?" Yes, you know sisters? what? I, we, well, duh, we know that already. We've known that for years. But yes, whenever a new book comes out, I get nails to match my book. Oh my gosh, that's such a fun idea. I thought I was like being so extra doing that, but then when I heard someone else did I was like, okay. Well, the yes and that. is true. You are being extra doing it, but also it's awesome. So who cares? Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. Okay, well that's really encouraging. Okay, so yes. Okay, here's the quote. 
So it says, I once heard someone ask the opposite question. Why not me? It was not a fatalistic question because he is not a fatalistic person. He asked it when his wife died of cancer. Mm. He could no more explain why his life had turned bad than he could explain why his life had been so good up until that point. Did he choose to grow up in a stable family? Did he have control over where he was born, to who he was born? Or when he was born, did he determine his height, weight, intelligence, and appearance? Was he a better person than some baby born to a poor family in Bangladesh? He concluded that much of life just seems to happen. It is beyond our control. Why me seems to be the wrong question to ask. Why not me is closer to the mark once we consider how most people live. Can I expect to live an entire lifetime free of disappointment and suffering, free of loss and pain? The very expectation strikes me not only as unrealistic, but also arrogant. And wow. I just remember being like, okay. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. You're right. I it's know. True. I feel the but, same way. Yeah. When I was reading that part, I just thought, man, that is the thing that that is the most convicting between me and God is when mm-hmm. I go, why didn't that work out? Yeah. Or why did it? And, and, yeah. and I just always go, well, why not? Yeah. Why, what, why do you feel like you deserve? Yeah exactly what yeah. you want yeah. yeah it's true now yeah. that the book's been out how's it been people responding to it oh my gosh it's been wild we were actually just out to dinner last night and a gal came up to me and she was oh. just like I've read your book and I gave it to all my sisters and my sisters gave oh, it to all their Jordan. friends and like it was just really you know it's sweet to hear those real in-person stories yes because um, you can like get so focused on like all the things you have to do for yes. it yes and I don't know, just to hear like the, just the stories of people being like, this totally changed my perspective yes. and it shifted. Like I'm, I'm really determined to like my yes. life and yeah. to do what I can to embrace this season, even if I yeah. don't love it or even yes. if I've been thrown a curveball or two, or even if I'm dealing with some big expectations in my relationships. Yep. And it's been encouraging to hear that and just to know like, okay, this was not a mistake. Cause in a way, because the book didn't start off with this intention, like yes. when I started off, I was on top of the world, you know? So yeah. I'm like, this just feels like a total 180 to know like, okay, God had provision over this yeah. and like there's yeah. such a reason this had to come out now it's just yes. so encouraging it's really exciting I, I i can't wait till six months from now when small groups have gone through it mm. and when like book clubs have gone through yeah. it and when everybody's getting to like talk through this with other people this yeah. is one of those that i as i was reading i was like i want eight of us reading this mm. and so for our friends listening who have book clubs this is like a great yeah book club book our book club switches between fiction and nonfiction, Hmm. and so this is a great nonfiction option for a book club I think yeah absolutely well and it it allows you regardless like you can share this with so many different women in different seasons and people in different seasons because we all have some sort of unmet expectation and I think it's actually really healthy whether it's a group of maybe other singles or other women walking through some other kind of experience all, it's helpful to be in, in a group of people who are in the same yes. season, but it can also be really refreshing to walk through this with women who are like who you thought like are a season ahead of you <laughs> yeah. or who have it figured out because then you start hearing their stories and it's yeah. like, oh, you know, because we can compare we compare the one area we feel behind. Yeah. And then when you start putting all the pieces together, it's like, man, like they may feel behind compared to you in their career, even though yes. they may be ahead in their relationship or yes. in their motherhood or in this, that or the other thing. And it's just helpful to kind of or in their health journey or their, yes. you know, whatever. Yes. And so it's helpful to kind of get that full picture. And we also have a book club guide for it. So yes, I'll make good. sure to give you the link to that. Yes, yes, yes. Is it on your website? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, so we'll link homepage. it in the show notes, but also yeah. people can go find it. Yep. I'm in a like a mastermind. And one of the things we all did at our last gathering mm. is we picked what we called a queen, not mm. a frenemy, but a queen mm. of someone we went, if I could shape my life exactly like someone else, it would be that person. Mm. And the reason we did it was to go, yeah, but they don't have everything you think they have. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't tearing people down. It was yeah. it we we chose people within our friend group of going, yeah. man, I love 
how she does her social media. Mm. Her body is mm. awesome. Her yeah. work is awesome. Her yeah. relationships seem awesome. And then we go, no, what's it really like? Mm. Well, here's what it's really like. Let's like, mm. you're allowed to have a queen, someone mm. that you like or that you look at and go, man, it looks mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Everything's easy. Yeah. That's never the reality. Mm-hmm. And also, what can I learn from them? Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I, it, it just feels like, what is it that Furtick says? We compare our behind the scenes to everyone else's highlight reel. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's true. And that is like embrace your almost, right? Yeah, it's true. And I think we compare certain areas, like you said, without without the whole picture. You yes. Know? And like I remember I actually – I wrote about this in the book, but like I remember it was – Right, shortly after I went through my second loss, I believe, and I had just had a friend, re- and I had also like had a bunch of business setbacks that year because COVID. It was literally yes. like loss, COVID, loss, like lots of uncertainty, and I yes. was like, my brain can't handle all this, <laughs> and especially after just being on a track record of like one, two, three, everything yes. working out. So and I was then like, the I world stops, and in your personal life, and my personal blood. life yes, stopped. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. But anyway, and I think a lot of us experience that too yes. in many ways because personal hardships don't stop when the world has a global crisis, yes. right? But anyway, um, you know, I remember I it was like a few months after that and I was just like processing the first half of the year not going at all how I thought. And I had a, two friends within like a few hours or a couple days reach out to me and basically be like, one was like, tell me about some big win she had professionally. And yeah. then the other one was telling me she was expecting. And I was like, ah, and I just was so frustrated yeah. with it. And I remember thinking like, gosh, this is such a reminder of what's not working out in my life and what's painful. And then I remember being like, all of a sudden realizing it kind of took me back to those like, I don't know. It just, it, I guess my point is, I remember thinking it could be a reminder of what's painful, but it can also be a reminder of what's possible. It can be wow. both. And then at the same time, I was also struggling with just thinking like, you know, I was behind or this, that, and the other yeah. thing. And then I had this idea to actually text some of the friends that I was comparing myself to or just different women in my life, even if yeah. they weren't the ones I was comparing yeah. myself to, and ask if they ever felt behind compared to me. I was just curious. Yes. I was like, hey, I've been feeling behind compared to other people. I'm curious if you've ever felt behind compared to me because we're all doing this. And, yes. and they were like, yes. yeah, like I have three kids, but like I have never worked a job that feels fulfilling to me. Like you wow. have an incredible like career and impact. Right. Like, And then someone else was like, you know, especially when it comes to marriage, like yeah. I haven't been married yet. But like, so it was just fascinating to be like, there's people that are doing this We're with me all too. Doing it, yes. So like, what am I wasting my energy on? You know, right. and, and it's still a natural reaction, and right. we can feel that way occasionally. But it's just helpful to kind of be like, I wanted to test my hypothesis, yes. not just hypothesize that maybe people yes. feel that way. And it was really fascinating to be like, yeah. oh, so maybe maybe it's actually just that we're all in different places, you know? Yeah. So, what did we not say about embrace your almost that you want to make sure we say? Gosh, that's a good question. I think the last thing we could talk briefly about is knowing when it's time to let go of a good thing. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> Tell me that. <laughs> okay. Well, and I don't mean like giving up on something. Certainly. But I just mean sometimes like, you know, I talk about how sometimes when life doesn't go our way or we have an unmet expectation or a setback or a heartbreak, it kind of pauses everything. Yeah. Because we kind of are like, wait. And like I mentioned in the beginning, that can be like an opportunity, even yeah. though it feels only like an obstacle. And what I think I learned is sometimes it's an opportunity. Like adversity can really create clarity. Yeah. Wow. And I think it's an opportunity to really consider what is it that's right for me and what isn't right for me in this yeah. season. And sometimes that means you look at something like, for example, in our experience, we, especially after our losses and after a lot of like trying to reflect on like, where do we go from here? Yeah. We had bought this home a couple years prior that was kind of like going to be our, our family home. It was going to be our yeah. dream home. Yeah. We had this whole vision of what we were going to do with it. And as we kind of came into this place of clarity of like, no, our priority is focusing on our health and healing and like simplifying and this home is like stressful because it's always under construction. It's yeah. on three acres of constant yeah. maintenance. Like it was actually becoming a money pit and a stressor and not. And I'm like, 
I always I want an H, I want an HGTV yeah. option, but I had this idea of like this glamorous, you know, it's going to be this like Chip and Joanna game. It was yes, not. Yes. And we had to make the really hard decision to release that and I, it was hard. Like we ended up selling the home, but it took us several months to get to that decision even though yeah. we kind of knew in our core like this yes. is something that needs to be let go of yes. because it's really not helping us move closer to where we really want to focus on. Yeah. But it was a good thing. And it was something that we had a dream and a vision for. We were going to paint it right, white and put a front yeah. porch on it and redo the kitchen. And we had only gotten to a couple of the projects that we wanted to do. So it felt like we were leaving the vision half complete. Wow. But we knew like just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's the right thing in this season. We can always renovate a home in the future. Yes. And so we really had to kind of come back to like what's the best and the most important thing to focus on in this season? Is yeah. it my health? Is it my our marriage? Is it you know my my family relationships? Is it something else? Is it my is it my career getting like, you know, mm -hmm. to a stable place? Like, mm -hmm. is it paying off student debt? But like prioritizing like what really matters most in this season or what needs to be the priority in this yeah. season? How can I make sure all my other responsibilities, which we often call priorities, but all the other responsibilities yeah. really fall in line with that and support that? And if there's something where you're like, oh, this is just kind of making it prickly. This uh -huh. is making it hard. Uh -huh. This is adding stress. This is distracting me from the thing I know I need to be paying yep. attention to. Maybe it's something to let go, you know, right. or maybe it's something to say, okay, I need to take a step back from that. And that can be hard when it feels like you're letting go of a dream or a good thing. But I think sometimes the disruptions in life or the chaos that ensues from something going sideways honestly like makes us rethink a lot of the things we just kind of were yeah. rolling with. Yes. So I think I guess my best piece of advice and encouragement is like, don't be afraid to reevaluate all yeah. that you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're going about it. And yeah. if there's something that needs to change or maybe be let go or put on pause, even if yeah. it feels like, but it's a good thing. Why would I do that? You know? Yeah. That is hard, though. It's oh, it's so, so hard. hard. Oh, it was so funny. They, <laughs> This is how hard it is. I was going to, you know, we kind of both knew we probably need to sell the home and just simplify and like yeah. simplify our lives in this season. But we kind of went back and forth a lot. And then we had a realtor and we talked to them a bit. Then finally, we kind of decided, OK, we're going to go forward with yeah. it. He comes and puts the sign in our yard. Didn't actually put it on like the internet marketplace yeah. or whatever. So it wasn't live yet, but the sign was in our yard. And he was like, for the first 24 hours before he even made the sale live, he was like getting texts yeah. from people. Or I even got a DM from someone who was like, hi, I think you live in this house. And I saw it and I was like, that is creepy. Too but much okay. information, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, and it was like the most quaint little beautiful little house on the side yeah. of the road. So I was just like, oh, so hard. So anyways, we put the sign in the road and then I like, then all of a sudden I was like, never mind. I don't think I want to sell it. Take yeah. the sign out of the road. And my poor husband was like, oh my gosh, you're driving me crazy. Um, <laughs> and my poor, our poor realtor, like we just like kept going yeah. back and forth. And we, yeah. so we took the sign out and I had to like noodle on it for another week, even though I knew what the right decision yeah. was. So, it, I mean, it's not always like a, oh, that's not the right thing. I'm going to let it go. Like right. it can be a rustle and it can be, and I had to talk to 15 different people about it and yes. run it by, you know, and it was a process. And sometimes that's what it looks like. You kind of like wrestle to the point where you finally surrender the thing, you know, you need to surrender. But that's human, that's you know? Human. So it's supposed to be hard. I think yeah. if it's easy, it might not be the right decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like right. sometimes it is blatantly easy and you're like, okay, I've been needing to like shut this down yeah. or whatever. But a lot of times, like, I think we assume that if it doesn't feel easy, it must be the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. When in reality, a lot of times it's like the hard thing is the right yeah. decision. Yeah. It's true. Man, I can't wait for all of our friends who don't have Embracer almost yet to get it. Mm. This is so good, Jordan. Thanks. This is an important one. Okay. The last question we always ask because the show is called That Sounds Fun. <laughs> Tell me what sounds fun to you. Okay. Riding in a hot air balloon. Uh, what? And no I, one has ever said that. <laughs> Riding in a hot air balloon? Yes. And I just did it for the first time. And, and did you love it? At first, no. We ran into a tree upon no. takeoff. It was traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? Get me out of this thing. And But it was it was incredible. Once we what got through the tree. What made you get tree, in it? Um, 
I don't know. It's something I've always kind of wanted to do. And we were in Arizona. It was a sunset tour. And yeah. we were recording oh. my book trailer. And I was like, let's do that for the book trailer. But really, because yeah. I wanted to do yeah, it. Yeah. I was like, we'll film it. But like, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was... It was awesome. I mean, it was sunrise over like the mountains in Arizona. We saw like Lake Pleasant out in the distance and the takeoff was a little stressful. Yes. But then once the bo- basket stopped rocking and I thought I was going to die, like once yeah. I got to the point where everything stabilized, um, it was incredible. So yeah. beautiful. So like just peaceful up there. Quiet. Yeah. And then our landing was actually not as traumatizing as I thought it would be because the landing, they don't have like brakes. Like you right. just like <laughs> smash into the ground. That's what I thought. I yeah. just thought, how does it not turn over every time? Well, and that's what I was a little bit worried about. But he like, it was just Matt and I in the basket yeah. with, like, the, with the pilot. So I think maybe because there wasn't a ton of people in there, yeah. it was a little smoother for us. But yeah, it was incredible. It was awesome. I'm like, we need do to do this again. Do you buckle up in there? No. <gasps> yeah. You're just but freewheeling like, yeah, truly, in a basket. Truly. And you're just Jeez. like, I'm at the mercy of the wind. So, But they know what they're doing. I mean, you kind of get to, I asked him, it was so funny. We were driving to the location in the van with like our pilot yeah. and I'm like asking him all about his qualifications. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for poor sure. Dude. I'm like yeah. grilling him. But no, it was awesome. And it's so funny because everyone in my family was shocked that we did it because like three months prior to that, we had a hot air balloon crash in our front yard. No. <laughs> and so they were like, you did that after you saw people like crash? No. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but then like, and and we told the hot air balloon like pilots that when we went to the location, yeah. they were like, oh, that wasn't a crash. That's just a landing. Sometimes we land in neighborhoods. What I was did like, you do when oh. it landed in your yard? Were you like, is everyone all right? Oh, my gosh. It was every neighbor was out just like oh, watching. Sure. And you hear this like roaring sound. And we were sitting in our living room. We're like, what is that? Like, we thought it was thunder or something. Yeah. And then I opened the door and I was like, oh, my gosh. There was this massive green and blue like hot air balloon. Just like li- like still kind of inflated, but like laying on the on the <laughs> oh, my gosh, on the road. It was and, and I felt so bad because that the one thing that made me nervous about the landing was when I watched that landing they had landed but there was like an older woman in the basket and they tipped the basket over and she broke her fall on the pavement with her wrist and I'm like that probably just broke your wrist. Like, oh my gosh. Grandma so, broke her yeah. wrist. Because of the dang hot air balloon landing in our neighborhood. I like wanted to run out there, but they like knew what they were doing. They were just like, no, we're good. We're good. And they were like completely unfazed Did by it. Did they take it, back so. up and go? No, the like van came and like picked them up. They like deflated the whole thing. It was they like, just picked them up in your neighborhood. In front of our house, not like down the road, like in our yard. Oh yeah. my God. I was like, well, do you guys want any lemonade? Like, how yeah. are you doing? Because they were just standing there for like 20 minutes. It's like they have a tracker on it yeah. wherever it lands. The yeah. van just goes yeah. there. They do. They use up. an iPad. And oh they literally like, and he said the average flight that he does is about seven miles. So isn't oh that fascinating? We like went over the highway and I was like, oh my gosh, if we crash in it now, like this would right. be so bad. Right. But like we were so high up. I bet everyone driving was like, oh. Yeah, and Loved there were it. so many hot air balloons around you, so you just oh, like feel wow. like you're. It's the coolest thing. Yeah. So it was worth okay, the worth the tree. Very good answer. Running into the tree. <laughs> um, thanks for doing this today. I love oh, you, friends. Thanks for having I'm me. For love you. you as well. Appreciate you. Oh, you guys, isn't she just the best? She's the best. I love her so much. Hey, be sure to grab your copy of Embrace Your Almost and follow her on social media. Tell her thank you so much for being on the show. She is such an inspirational follow on Instagram, y'all. She's one of my very favorites, and she makes a lot of reels. So if you like reels, the girl is getting good at them. If y'all need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, maybe some reels. On Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me, that's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I'll do the same. Well, today, you know what sounds fun to me is laying on my couch, icing my little knee after a little meniscus disc surgery, and resting, and my parents are in town. So that's my today. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday with one of our favorite novelists, one of our most frequent guests on the pod, Charles Martin.
And I gave y'all the warning on Insta Story a few weeks ago. Grab his book, The Record Keeper, and go ahead and read it because we're going to talk. We're really talking about the book. It's kind of like a book clubby thing. But if you haven't read the book yet, you're going to love the conversation. But if you have time to read The Record Keeper between now and Thursday, do it. It's so good. It's Trust me, you can read this novel very fast. It's amazing. All right. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you on Thursday.